Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another breakdown. I am so unbelievably excited to be here again, and we got such a great episode. Now, I addressed in the live stream last night in the watch party, which was awesome. It was great to have over 6,000 of you there again watching with me. I saw there were some mixed reviews. Most of you liked the show, while the rest of you weren't too fond of episode one. Now, I think I know the reason for this. I believe it's because you were expecting something super action-packed. But for me, this episode was much more than just blasters and lightsabers. For me, this was really bridging a lot of gaps between Return of the Jedi and five years after, which is where we are now, currently. Now, the title itself refers to Boba's flashbacks being with the Tusken Raiders, as well as now claiming his rightful place as ruler of the crime world taking over Jabba's spot. Stranger in a strange land. I think the land is, you know, the Tuscan camp and also now Mos Espa. So for me, this was an easy 8 out of 10. It showed the progression of where Boba has been this whole time and it made you want to enter the healing chamber as many times as he wanted to because when he did, it gave us these flashbacks. So let's begin. At the end of this whole breakdown, I'll talk about my predictions going forwards, but right now I want to take you step by step, scene through scene, of what I think is really going on in the show, and all the little things that you might have missed as well. So, before we begin, for the newcomers here to Star Wars, welcome. I want you to know that this show takes place right after The Mandalorian Season 2. So if you haven't seen the post credit scene from Mando Season 2 finale, go do that and things will make much more sense. Now, the flashbacks take place during Return of the Jedi, which came out in 1983. This was episode 6, and this was the one where Luke fights Vader and gets shocked by the Emperor. The Emperor dies, and Vader dies. Spoilers, I know, but hey, you're about 40 years too late. As we open, we see Boba in a healing chamber filled with Bacta. He gets flashbacks first of Kamino. Now, this is Boba's home planet. This is where he was created. If you didn't know, Boba is a clone of Jango Fett, a direct, unaltered clone. To learn more, see Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Now, in this flashback, we get Kamino with the raging storms as usual, and we see Slave 1. Now, I believe this scene is from Episode 2, right before Jango Fett fought Obi-Wan Kenobi on the landing pad. Then, when he was a little boy, holding the head of his father in the Genosian arena, after the Jedi fought the Separatists with the help of the clones in their Phase 1 armor. This was right before Anakin fought Dooku and lost his arm, and all well, the rest is history. 
I believe Boba is going through all of the really traumatic moments in his life, and as he's being healed, it's kind of giving him these memories, perhaps. Then finally, we see a flashback of what happened to Boba after he fell into the Sarlacc Pit in Return of the Jedi. He was being digested. Now, when you fall into a Sarlacc Pit, you aren't killed immediately. You're digested over a thousand years. Now, obviously, if you're a human, You'll probably die because you won't have any oxygen or food or water or anything. But your body and your suit of armor will be digested over a thousand years. So Boba was being digested in there and I loved how they did this. I love how they were filling in the gaps of really what was going on in Return of the Jedi. Boba wakes up and sees where he is. Now when he looks around, he sees the corpse of stormtroopers who has probably been dead for a long time and partially digested armor, as we can see with the acid burns. Now, Boba's armor won't be as digested as easily because he's wearing Beskar iron, and as we learned in The Mandalorian, or in Legends even, Beskar iron is extremely difficult to destroy. Definitely much more difficult than Plastoid, which is what the Stormtrooper armor is made of. So he thinks quickly and takes the oxygen cord from the lifeless trooper, who had unluckily fallen into the Sarlacc God knows when, he sucks up the oxygen and punches through the Sarlacc's innards and blasts it with his flamethrower and gets out on his own terms. Now in Legends, Dengar, another bounty hunter which we saw in Episode 5, saves Boba. However, they've now rewritten it in canon that he makes it out on his own. And you know what? I'm good with this. I think it just makes Boba more badass. Now, I will be uploading a lot of Legends content as well from Boba because it is important to know these different pieces of information as well as they're pretty fun. Like there's one where Boba fights Vader on a fiery planet. There's one where Boba goes to Dengar's wedding. And of course, the story of how Dengar saved Boba. I'll be releasing a lot of these over the course of Boba episode one to seven. Now, as he's left there until nightfall, breaking through the sand, the Jawas come to strip him of his suit when he wakes up and they knock him out with the butt of their blaster rifle. Now, I thought this was pretty hilarious that, you know, such tiny, funny little creatures take out Boba, and it really only would happen in this state that he's in. And this lines up with Cobb Vanth's story in The Mandalorian Season 2 with how he got the suit from the Jawas in the Sandcrawler. So now backstories are being visually explained, which is great. Boba is left for dead on the sands of Tatooine, only to be rescued by the sand people, the Tusken Raiders, who tie him up. They awaken him with their equivalent of smelling salts or ammonia and make him walk back to camp. We've seen this type of thing where they tie a prisoner by the hands and pull them while on horseback, only now it's Tuskens on Banthas. Very Wild West vibes, very barbaric, and you'd expect nothing less from the Tuscans. As he gets beat up by youngling Tuscans, Boba wakes up again and it's now nightfall. He's tied up by the fireplace when he tries to work with the Rodian tied up next to him. Now you might remember this species, this is the same one that tried to kill Han Solo on a bounty. Now I'm going to leave it up to you guys who shot first, Han Solo or Greedo, the Rodian. So Boba needs to make a break for it. He does so by pretending to break his ropes as the Mastiff sits watch. Now you might remember the Mastiff from Episode 2 Attack of the Clones when Anakin was at the Tusken Raider camp when he was trying to save his mother. The Mastiffs were eating some bones as Anakin broke into the camp to save Shmi. And of course, when he ignited his saber to behead the few Tuscans that were guarding his mom's camp, they of course came running at him, which he completely annihilated everybody in the village. The book goes way into detail and super dark detail about how he did it, way more than the movie. I definitely recommend you read the book, The Attack of the Clones novelization. 
It's pretty interesting. Anyways, these Mastiffs are the dog equivalent for Tuscans. Very rabid beasts of Tatooine, however, they were trained to be loyal to the Sand People. So Boba uses his smarts to lure the beast and knocks it out, using its fangs to cut his rope. Now, I'm mentioning this because this is all key stuff. Boba is very intelligent. He's not just, you know, a cool-looking fighter or, you know, just an iconic character. He's actually very intelligent, and his fight smarts are through the roof. So he's chased into the desert. He has a fight with the Kylo Ren-looking Knights of Ren guy from Tusken Raider camp, who is ordered by the leader to fight Boba. Boba is tired. He's outplayed. He loses, sent back to the camp, and, of course, woken up by Fennec Shand. He gets dressed and we see droids putting his suit on. Now, Vader has the same thing going on. However, they don't just put his suit on, the droids have to put his limbs on as well. And they also got to scrub him of necrotic flesh and so many things that I hope that we'll see in the Kenobi show when it comes to the poor life of Darth Vader. Boba's helmet is sealed on and it makes the same sound Vader's does in Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. This is just the helmet sealing off any air gaps. Boba is greeted by many people paying tribute to his new ruling. Now, the Trandoshan holds what might be a Wookiee pelt, as I saw someone mention in the watch party last night. Shout out to you, man. Trandoshans and Wookiees didn't get along very well, so it could be a Wookiee indeed. So what's happening here is all of these people are now coming to pay tribute and pay their respects to the new Dawn. You know, the, the new ruler of Jabba's palace. Essentially, the new ruler of Tatooine, if he becomes worthy enough, if he becomes more powerful, kind of like Jabba did. They're all quite respectful until the mayor's Daimo comes in. Now, as mentioned in last night's watch party by a subscriber in Japan, Daimo means feudal lord. So this representative of the mayor arrives and instead of giving a gift, he actually asks for one. This is interesting since everyone is bending the knee to Boba except for the mayor. This might be foreshadowing for a power struggle later in the future. Now from the trailer, I think that the Ithorian is the mayor. So most likely this dude, the mayor, sent the assassins to kill Boba. Let's see what happens. Boba takes the two Gamorians who served Jabba and Bib before him and now they serve him. So they walk the streets of Mos Espa as Fennec Shan tells him that he should be carried like the huts were. It would make people respect him more as he'd look royal and noble. Now, Boba doesn't have any of that. He doesn't want to do that, and he says he doesn't want to be carried like some useless noble. He's not willing to accept the ways of the people and what traditions or normalities Jabba set before him. He intends to rule by his own way and set the tone going forwards. I love this. It's very Boba-esque, and it definitely sets the tone for how things are about to change very rapidly, both for Boba and for Tatooine. And soon, the galaxy should he earn the respect of everybody. The next scene is inside the cantina gambling lounge spot, where we actually see a Bith and what looks like Max Rebo. Now, Max Rebo is the dude who was in charge of the Max Rebo band from Jabba's Palace. He was making the place all funky and cool and bringing life and music. So I guess he survived or he wasn't on the barge in Return of the Jedi, which is awesome. This is a cool little Easter egg. I mean, if Bib Fortuna can survive, then so can Max Rebo. They're playing the same tune from the cantina, however, it's just got some 
Wild West feel now, which is, I love it. I love the rendition. Really great job to the composer and the musician. Boba informs the Twi'lek that he has now taken Bib Fortuna's place and will make sure that their establishment is taken care of under his watchful eye. Now, I should mention that Jabba was inspired by The Godfather, directed by Francis Ford Coppola, who was George Lucas's close friend, so the whole mob world takes heavy inspiration of that world, the mafia world, and story of Don Corleone. So Boba collected a tax and in return keeps everyone safe. The Twi'lek fills his helmet with Republic credits, which used to be no good on Tatooine, like what Watto told Qui-Gon Jinn in Episode 1 The Phantom Menace, especially while the Huts were in charge. So I'm curious as to why they gave him Republic credits. Now, Tatooine has always been very lawless and to be controlled by the Republic is questionable. And I doubt the New Republic got any control of it now, but it is possible. Either way, maybe this will be extrapolated upon later, or there's some lore that I'm going to have to deep dive on or read up on for a follow-up video, which shouldn't be too difficult. As he leaves, he's ambushed by assassins who surround him and Fennec with energy shields and stun batons. These energy shields kind of look like the shields that we saw in Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. However, I don't think they're the same thing. They're just energy shields that are red. Now, Boba had a jetpack, so I feel like he could have jumped out of there, but then he'd be leaving Fennec to die. And he's just not that type of guy. So once the Gamorreans finally show up to help out, you know, better late than never, I really want to highlight the Gamorreans for a sec. You know, they seem kind of dumb and slow-witted at times, but they're literally as strong as Shrek. They make quick work of these human assassins, and we can really see the difference in strength physically between the species fighting. Boba's already beat up pretty bad and his wounds are acting up, so he orders them to take him back to his bactopod in former Jabba's palace, now Boba's, while Fennec hunts the assassins down and keeps one alive. Now remember, Fennec is a expert assassin, so she's been around for a very long time, and if you don't remember, we saw her in the Bad Batch, which makes me wonder, are we gonna see Omega? That'd be pretty sweet. Anyways, Boba could have taken all of these dudes out, I feel like, if he, especially if he had his helmet on. But at this point, he's a weaker Boba physically and socially rank-wise. I think they're making him like this so that he has tons of room available to grow. So Boba is put into his Bacta by his guards, and we enter another flashback, which I'm loving these. I think the show will have more flashbacks when he's healing until he's fully repaired. And at that point, I think we'll get, you know, like, full respect Boba. Seems like he's not quite at his full power yet, and it's going to take a few more back-to-pod sessions and a few more episodes, essentially, to get back to feeling 100%, which means more flashbacks. So in this final flashback, we see Boba carried out to the middle of the desert by the youngling Tuscan. They oversee some thugs take out a small hut that resembles one like Luke's old home that he lived in with Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru in Episode 4. Now, this scene is extremely important. A lot of people won't understand it unless you've read the lore and the comics, so I'm going to explain it real brief. These thugs are from Jabba. They have a canister of water, and this is literally what it is. It's water. Jabba sent his thugs to collect a water tax on moisture farmers. This was actually something that Obi-Wan Kenobi protected Luke Skywalker and the Larses from as a little boy when Jabba's men came around hut to hut to collect this water tax from the moisture farmers. Jabba taxed everything and everyone, so I wonder if this is something that we could see in the Kenobi show of Obi-Wan protecting Luke Skywalker and the Lars family. Maybe fighting these thugs in the night just like he did in the comics. I also love how they're painting the Tuscans as like, you know, having their own kind of personality. 
and their own tribe. Like, they're not really all of that barbaric and terrible like Anakin made them out to be, or like they were portrayed in Episode 2 and even Episode 4. However, Obi-Wan would beat the crap out of them without his lightsaber just to keep in shape, so he kind of used them as a form of exercise on Tatooine. As Boba and the Rodians search for water by digging the sand, they are then attacked by the distant cousin of Goro from Mortal Kombat. Boba kills the beast as it's about to rip apart the youngling Tusken. He wraps the chains around its neck and suffocated the beast, just like how Princess Leia killed Jabba, winning her freedom. And this, too, won Boba's freedom as we see when he returns to the Tusken camp. The boy is praised for his victory, claiming it to be his doing, as the leader of the tribe moves to Boba and gives him his water, basically saying, I know you saved the boy, you earned my trust and my respect. Boba takes a sip and enjoys every bit of it. And so begins the Book of Boba Fett. For me, this episode was very beautiful, a solid 8 out of 10. It answered so many questions for me, such as him surviving the Sarlacc Pit, for one, but also what he was up to after Return of the Jedi. You know, what's, what is this five-year gap? What is he really doing? And now we see he becomes even more barbaric, even more of a nomad, as he's probably taken into the Tuscan tribe and becomes like a Tuscan. Fights like them, learns the ways of the Tuscans, and probably just becomes even more familiar with Tatooine at this point. Like Tatooine that like, nobody really knows, which makes him even more dangerous. And I think these flashbacks will show us what he's been up to with the Tuscans up until The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 1, where he sees Cobb Vanth and Mando. The show is very promising. I really love this episode. I think it adds so much depth to the story of Boba Fett, and I love how they filled in the gaps of Return of the Jedi. It's a beautiful way to bring in OG fans with the new fans and give us something really special. Now, I would love to see how Boba takes just as much respect as Jabba did by the end of this show and how he will do it. Will he continue to do it with, you know, ruling with respect? Or will he actually succumb to being a fearful crime lord? Now, I saw some people kind of complaining that he was just being too nice, and this isn't the Boba that they all know from the comics and from legends and everything, which is true. And I think they're doing this is because they can't have him be this callous badass from the very start. They have to have him be, you know, just room for improvement, room for change, otherwise there is no change. So he will probably rule with fairness for a bit, and I think eventually he'll have to rule with a bit of fear. And I think there will be those glimmers of fear in his character that will make him even more scary than Jabba who always ruled with fear, because now you have someone that you just don't know what to expect. He could be totally respectful, or he could just be fearful and go ballistic. At least with Jabba, you kind of knew what would happen. So I think that's pretty cool. One of the characters I'd really love to see is Cad Bane. Now he would be pretty old at this point, but I think he is a major rival of Boba Fett in terms of speed, agility, power, and overall intellect. I feel like he's the Thrawn of the Boba Fett universe. He's just really smart. And I think he's faster than Boba, too. It also makes me wonder if we're going to see Omega, if we're going to see Boba's twin sister, and what other things we could see in flashbacks. Whatever happens, I'm very excited for episode two. I will see you all in the next watch party, Tuesday at 11.30 p.m., where we get ready for the Book of Boba Fett, episode two. 
I hope you enjoyed this breakdown. Thank you so much for joining the watch party. Thank you so much for watching this breakdown. And I will see you all in the next episode. Until then, remember, the Force will be with you. Always. That was great, dude. It was just what we needed for, like... You know, the only thing I, I wish it was... um. Okay, let me, let me pause it, because I got the music going. Okay. Now, I know a lot of people are going to be like, 4 out of 10, 5 out of 10. For me, that was easily an 8 out of 10. I'm going to tell you why. And I, I this number would be way higher for a lot of people. If this episode was 0, episode 0, so this was like, let's say they released this like several months ago before they actually start Book of Boba Fett, then I think a lot of people would give this like a 10 out of 10. The only reason people won't give this a high score is because there are so many, there's only seven episodes. But for me, this was easily an eight out of 10. And I'll tell you why. We got the backstory of how Boba survived the Sarlacc pit. So they changed legends. Okay. Dengar didn't save him at all. Um, he saved himself, which is actually more badass. But it kind of takes out all the legend stories of like, I guess Boba being saved by Dangar, Boba going to Dangar's wedding, like all that stuff, which is whatever. Fine. Um, it it's basically leading us for a very climactic finale, I think, because right now Boba is kind of. Some people are paying him respect. Some people are not paying him respects, and he's got to really grind to get the respect that he deserves. The same that Jabba had which was like monumental throughout the whole galaxy. This is not just, let alone just uh, Mos Espa. So that's one thing. The second thing that I really like about this episode is the flashbacks in general. Forget the Sarlacc thing. We address that. But the story of how he, that, that drink, that sip at the end, for me was... It's beautiful, man. It's, you know, this is like, okay, like, I, he, he's worthy now. And I couldn't tell if the little, the little youngling bastard, uh, was telling them that he himself killed the creature or if Boba did it. But either way, um, the leader knew that Boba saved the kid. So I feel like he's now going to be in their good graces and he's going to be like, probably trained in their ways perhaps and um, he's just going to level up further and further and I think throughout the show it's going to be progressing the story of the show while giving us all these different flashbacks up to probably when he looks at Mando uh, with Cobb Vanth in season 2 episode 1 and then that's probably when he'll be like fully healed I bet and then we won't get any more flashbacks. He won't be going into the healing chamber anymore. And that'll be that. I love how they're using the healing chamber as a sort of... Because healing chambers like themselves are kind of boring. You're never going to be like, oh, I'm going to go to a healing chamber. It's like, oh, more healing chamber scenes. So we got to switch to something else that isn't Boba until he heals up. I love how they make you want him to go to the healing chamber so that he now will have visions and dreams of the past and it, which fills us in the story i think that's so smart of them to do that i think it's off to a great start it has an amazing feel it's got the perfect blend of western meets godfather 
and I'm all for it. I'm very excited. I think it's going to be really, really good going forwards. And if it's not, well, we'll have to dissect it. But, yeah, dude, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot.